0: Did you know the Bible foretells many predictions regarding Israel in the last days? Some of these are unfolding before our very eyes. Join us for the special edition of A View From The Wall.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall.
0: Hello, I'm Dylan Burrows here today with co-host Joe Kerr, and if you're like us, you've been watching some of the latest conflicts taking place in Israel in the Middle East. Maybe you're wondering what the Bible has to say about what is taking place. Well, if so, you are in the right place today. Today, we are joined by Aaron Broughton. Aaron serves as the tour guide of the Everlasting Nation Museum at the International Board of Jewish Missions in Hickson, Tennessee. He's also the co-host of the Everlasting Nation radio program, Heard Nationwide. He and his family have served in Jewish ministry worldwide for over 20 years, and we're glad to have him with us here today. Aaron, welcome to A View from the Wall.
2: Well, Shalom. It's great to be here.
0: Well, Shalom to you as well. And as we've noted, you've been involved in serving the Jewish people for many years and have even lived in Israel. Tell us at the beginning here how God called you to serve in this type of ministry.
2: Well, the Lord has worked in my life really since a teenager, as I would say, actually at a young age. Grew up in northern Minnesota. and uh, But it was when I was about 13, I started having an interest in Jewish studies, the background of the Bible things like that. And that just really piqued my interest. Finally, was able to go to Israel on a state tour when I was a senior in high school, and that just opened my eyes to the land of Israel, to the people, and also saw this as a you know a mission field as well, that the Lord wants us to share the gospel to the Jew first, and also the Gentile. Uh, after that, was able to go do my internship with actually my future in-laws in Tel Aviv, and the Lord used that to call me to the land of Israel, and to minister among the people there. So my wife and I, we've been married now 17 years, and uh, we moved to Israel and uh, just had a tremendous uh, time of ministry over there. And uh, we've been back in the States now since 2010 uh, in ministering in the greater Chattanooga area, and um, the museum is part of the ministry that we're involved in. So uh, we just praise the Lord for how He's worked in our lives.
3: After living and working in Israel, I would imagine that any tension or any event that happens over there would have to affect you more than it does folks who aren't that connected to Israel. How how have all of the recent developments there affected you?
2: Well, it's really brought a prayer focus to us. We miss living there, obviously. You miss the people that we ministered with, and we still keep in touch with them, obviously. We hear reports from them, and how things are going, and uh, we definitely have a prayer concern. I guess the difference for us is when you hear something on the news, you know, I can look at some footage, let's say, from CNN or something like that, and it's like, wait, I know it's around the corner. There's a grid falafel stand right around the corner. You know, you, So we kind of have that that familiarity with the land. And uh, one thing that when you come to Israel that I can probably best explain it this way is that it's really a small country. Uh, things are very compact, and so it doesn't take very long to travel from place to place. So the familiarity that we have with the land and also with the people really puts it very tender on our heart. So when we hear of news and different conflicts or news stories that come out of Israel, it definitely comes it definitely affects our hearts and uh, puts us on our knees to pray for them and also to do what we can to encourage the believers over there and, and our other Israeli friends as well.
0: Well, it certainly gives you a different perspective when you're working at the Everlasting Nation Museum as well. I know we'll talk about that more later on, but briefly, what is the Everlasting Nation Museum, and what's it all about?
2: Well, the museum's been around since 1978, and the purpose of the museum is to promote a biblical understanding of the history of the Jewish people and the nation of Israel through the love of Messiah. The Bible will come alive through a visit through there, and uh, we have replicas even of the Wailing Wall That's there. We have Abraham's tent and many other things that really bring the Bible to life. And so I think it'd be a great thing for both Jews and and Christians as well to come through and uh, really experience the heritage that we have together. Um,
3: The Bible has a lot to say about Israel's role in the last days. And Aaron, address that a little bit from your understanding What is it like having been there and seen the water and the pathways and everything where Jesus walked? That's got to give you a different perspective on what's going to be happening with Israel in the last days.
2: Well, one thing we see, especially as students of the Word of God, just a a natural understanding of the Scriptures, we see that Israel is God's prophetic timepiece. And so that is critical in our understanding of the Scriptures and also in its role in the last days. But, you know, ultimately what we see in the last days is we see Uh, I think it's in the very near future. We don't know the exact day or hour, obviously, but there will become a time where there will be a a tribulation period. I believe that the Church will be taken away before that. However, there will be a time of tribulation. The ultimate purpose of this is that God will ultimately bring His people, the Jewish people, to Himself through that. And in doing so, it's amazing seeing the reaction of Israel and of Jerusalem, let's say, to the nations, that there's a dual there's a blessing and a cursing, if you will, of how people treat Israel and the nations included. And so we see, for example, in Zechariah, Israel's the apple of God's eye. And so if you touch Israel, you're touching God's prized possession right there. Also, we see that in Zechariah 12, we see that Jerusalem will become like that burdensome stone, that cup of trembling. And it's amazing seeing the country's reactions, even now in our days, of their view of Jerusalem and of Israel. And everyone wants a piece of this pie, so to speak. And it's almost like King of the Hill. You know, if you remember playing that maybe... When we were younger, it's kind of like that idea, whoever gets it wins. But in doing that, it'll be ultimately those countries' downfall because they're ultimately going against God. So seeing Israel as God's prophetic timepiece is critical, especially as bible and Christians.
0: Well, that's certainly true. And there's so much emphasis even in our headlines today. You can't go a single day, it seems like, without something with Israel in the news, what's happening there in terms of violence, what's happening there in terms of diplomacy. So it's common for us to see that, but we don't really know how to interpret that. Uh, Take us a little bit back to the very beginning, not just Zechariah, but to Genesis, where God gives a promise to Abraham about his future. Where does it all begin for the nation of Israel?
2: Well, I think really we have to go back to even the Garden of Eden Uh, in Genesis 3.15. You know, God basically promises to Adam and Eve a future deliverer, and God uses Abraham and his family, the Jewish people, to bring us two great things of eternal value, the Word of God and the God of the Word, the Messiah. And for that, we as Christians especially should be eternally grateful for how God has used the Jewish people uh, through that. And so understanding that God made these promises, these were unconditional promises that God gave to Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you a family, I'm going to give you a great name, and I'm going to give you the land, the land that you tread upon. And this is all pertinent and repeated over and over, both to, not just to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob, and it's reconfirmed later on, even through David as well. And uh, it's just amazing how this message is repeated over and over. And I think that should challenge our hearts to understand that God will keep his promises. He has, and he will.
0: Well, despite the great influence of Jerusalem in AD 70, the city was destroyed, and for about 1,900 years, Israel was not a nation. How did it become a nation again? What has God done in that land since that time? We'll talk about this more when we come back on A View from the Wall, so stick with us.
1: From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Showing support for Israel is not popular today. But what does the Bible say? Should Christians and nations support Israel? The answer is yes. Genesis 12:3 notes that God will bless those who bless Israel. Numbers 24 verse 9 notes that God has pledged to protect Israel. Zechariah 12 verses 2 and 3 notes that God will move against those who rise up against Israel. And in Psalm 122, verse 6, we read that God will prosper those who support Israel. Pray for Israel. Pray that leaders and government will support Israel. For as it's been said, the friend of Israel is the friend of God. Visit IMAWatchman.com for resources profiling what God will do for and through Israel in the days to come. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. IamAWatchman.com The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord. Plus a number of video and audio teachings, all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming Rapture and help individuals in the post-Rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
0: We're back on A View From The Wall with Aaron Broughton, tour guide of the Everlasting Nation Museum at the International Board of Jewish Missions in Hickson, Tennessee. We were talking with Aaron in our first segment about Israel's role in the end times but many are unfamiliar with the story of Israel's past. Now, if you look at the Bible, you get the history of Israel up until the first century. But in 70 AD, the city of Jerusalem is destroyed. The Romans take over the area. And for about 1900 years, Israel was not a nation, but something happened after World War II and Israel became a nation again. Give us a little bit of the modern history of Israel and the story that unfolded there
2: the land of Israel was really kind of this general area, so to speak. It had the name Palestine, and that wasn't re- really in regards to a name of a country per se. It was just name of regions, like the southeast, for example, something on that order. And so it, it was amazing, though, that through the years, through the Jewish people in their hearts, there's always been a place for Jerusalem and for the land of Israel. Now, one thing i got to say is this, that Jewish people have always lived in the land of Israel. And even in Jerusalem, sometimes they were removed for different reasons, but there's always been a Jewish presence in the land. With that being said, it wasn't until the late 1800s when the Zionist Congress, for example, Theodor Herzl, had a dream that the Jewish people would once again live in their homeland. In fact, he predicted that within 50 years—this was in 1897— he predicted that within 50 years, the Jewish people would be again in their homeland. Of course, May 14th of 1948— 51 years, just a year off, the Jewish people formally had a state of their own again. And so it's just amazing to see, really, this modern-day miracle. Who would have thought that an ancient people would return to their land, even speaking more or less the same language as they did during the Bible times, the Hebrew language, and uh, now seeing them prosper 71 years later. Just amazing.
3: That is true. Bible prophecy is 100% accurate, and if you had told anyone that they would be back in the land with their own original restored language. There's not another nation on earth that's that old that's ever done that. It's just amazing to see what God has done, and in that period of time, in the interim, that 71 years since Jerusalem was refounded, a lot of Jews have returned to their homeland, and that's significant biblically as well. Talk about that for a minute.
2: Well, when Israel was formed as a state in 1948, the Jewish population of Israel was 600,000. And uh, just in September of this year, the report came, the population, every year they do this during Rosh Hashanah, bring out a new population of statistics. And the current Jewish population, total population is 9.1 million, but out of that, 6.7 million Jews are now back in Israel, are Israeli citizens. And that itself is just amazing within that time. But, I don't think we should overlook the fact that this, I believe, is at least in some way a a part of Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. Because the prophets, including Isaiah, Isaiah 43, verses 5 and 6, God says, I'm going to bring my people from the north and the south, the east and the west back to the land that he has given them. And truly, we are seeing Jews coming from the former Soviet Union. They're coming from Ethiopia, South America, from the United States, Canada, Australia. The list goes on and on. Jewish people are coming back to the land and living there, and literally thousands uh, every month are doing
0: this. Yeah, and I think for the average person, they don't even notice this. In 1948, the nation begins. Like you said, there were about 600,000 people. Now there are over 6 million people who are living in Israel. The Jewish nation has been revived. The people have returned. God is fulfilling his predictions that he's given throughout the scriptures thousands of years earlier. But another fascinating aspect of the last days are the predictions of the nations that will oppose Israel. We see it today in a variety of forms, whether it's anti-Semitism or different countries who try to attack from the south or from the north. Uh, what are some of the attacks the Bible predicts will take place against Israel in the end times? Tell us a little bit about this.
2: Well, I think going back again to Genesis and seeing how God will defeat Satan and understand that whatever God loves, Satan will fight against. He will hate. He will despise. And when we say that Israel is the apple of God's eye, Satan and his plan is doing everything he can to thwart that. And so he's taking people's attention, and, you know, you have different elements like the BDS movement, for example, the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement, where you have different people saying companies should not invest in Israel, banks should not invest, and the list goes on and on. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're saying that Israel is an apartheid state. You know, I lived in in the Tel Aviv area. Nearby was Jaffa. And in Jaffa, you had over about 100,000 Arabs. Uh, that are living there are next door neighbors. You know, my my banker was an Arab, for example. My lawyer was an Arab. And we had a great relationship with one another. And so the fact that there, I mean, there is struggle. I'm not saying there isn't, but it's not what the media per se. I, I think it goes back to what Mark Twain says, is that if you don't listen to the news, you will be uninformed. But if you listen to the news, you'll be misinformed. And so I think there's a great truth to that right there. Right. But as far as anti-Semitism, there is definitely a rise. We're seeing that even here in the United States. And it's it is really alarming. And I think as Bible-believing Christians, we should be on alert. So Let me give you just one little quick story. I was just visiting just a couple months ago with a friend of mine here in the greater Chattanooga area. And we went to an area restaurant. And uh, right there on the table, someone had carved into the table a swastika here in the buckle of the Bible belt doing that. And actually, it happened to have It was a Jewish friend of mine, Jewish believer, who literally sat at that very spot, and it was just amazing to see his reaction. He simply put his hand over that swastika that was carved on that table, and he just said, whatever these people meant for evil, may God bring it for good. And it just literally floored me, but this is a living, vivid reminder, recent reminder of the anti-Semitism that's going on right now.
0: Yes, well, the Bible does talk about the rise of anti-Semitism in the last days, and we see that even in our own culture. And as Christians, that is a clear and direct application that we can stand against anti-Semitism as we see it, do all we can to stand for the Jewish people, and to show the love of Christ to those we come across. Now, in addition to that, we have just a moment before our break. I want you to mention just a little bit, for example, in Ezekiel 38, it talks about these nations that will come against Israel in the last days. What do we see today that kind of can next with what that talks about will happen in the end times.
2: Well, in looking at just the news, again, how much truth is out there, but it's amazing just seeing what's there. We're seeing different players such as Iran, Turkey, Russia, and they're all involved in Syria. It seems like Syria, you know, they're just kind of like this area where everyone's gathering together and people don't understand how close these countries are to each other. And you have that presence, just those countries. And then you throw in places like Libya, Sudan, that will eventually in the end times, they will be fighting literally against Israel. And so this is really amazing to see the developments that are going on with Vladimir Putin, uh, Erdogan, and others that are basically having their sights set, not just on Syria. They're looking a little farther south on Israel. And that should really make our prophetic radar go up
0: right well if we look at the headlines today it's not surprising when we see the nations that oppose israel today to foretell a time in the near future where they will align together and attack against israel like the bible predicts but there's more to talk about when we come back on a view from the wall we'll share a little bit more in our final segment with aaron Broughton, so stick with us
1: A view from the wall comes from I Am A Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose, and at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well, so that they can finish well, the prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am a Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IAmAWatchman.com. That's IAmAWatchman.com.
0: We're back with Aaron Broughton, tour guide of the Everlasting Nation Museum in Hickson, Tennessee. And for our listeners nationwide on CSN Radio, or if you're in the Twin Cities on WAJC Listing, you may not be able to make it to the museum, but there's a lot of information at their website. Check out ibjm.org for more information on the International Board of Jewish Missions. That's ibjm.org. Now, as we talk with Aaron Broughton, we've mentioned Ezekiel 38 and the prediction of nations that will arise against Israel in the last days. And we're seeing nations already opposing Israel. We see growing anti-Semitism worldwide. However, our listeners have a heart to help Jewish people. We want to do something about it that's positive. What are some of the ways everyday believers can get involved in helping the Jewish people in the last days?
2: Well, I think the first thing, we have a responsibility to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as it says in Psalm. And we're praying not just that people get along in the Middle East. I mean, we want that too, but we're really praying that the Prince of Peace, Jesus the Messiah, will rule and reign in men's hearts, both Jew and Arab, Jew and Gentile. And I think another practical way that people can get involved is take a tour to Israel. Go visit the land for yourself. You would not believe how much the Israeli people are so thrilled to see Christians who love and support them. In fact, many times they're surprised that Christians actually have a heart for Israel, the ones that are on the street. So I think that's a great opportunity. Another thing we can do practically is just contact our leaders, our elected officials. And if there's something that maybe alarms us as far as our relationship with with Israel, let them know and uh, encourage them to do what is right. And I think the last thing is a great way we can be involved is sharing the gospel to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And I think those are some great aspects we can do in helping the Jewish people during these times.
3: Uh, You mentioned the promise to Israel, and you have displays in the museum about Abraham. You talked about that. We're going to be in Jerusalem, in Israel, in just a few weeks. So we're very excited to see some of the things you're talking about with all of the... BDS movement and everything that you've talked about, there's so much going on that is anti-Israel. It's easy to just focus on that. But right now, we have a administration that has been very supportive of Israel. We're very thankful for that. But of course, we know that that's not always the case. Um, you talked about how individuals can support Israel in their prayers. What else can we do as churches?
2: Well, that's a great question. You know, a lot of uh, Christians and even churches, they're like, okay, what, what about Israel? For many Christians, especially here in the United States, you know, Israel is a place we read of in the Bible or what we see in the news, but if we're talking about real people, real souls, real places, and, and really it's God's eternal place as well for, for the Jewish people. But one way that churches can be involved, I think, in a very positive way in, in their Jewish communities is having an Honor Israel Sunday, where you take a designated Sunday and maybe invite like uh, the uh, Jewish Community Center, maybe the leader from there, to come and maybe share some news and some updates about Israel and have you know a special dinner, maybe like an Israeli-style dinner, for example, and just have a prayer focus and, and really a focus on Israel during this time and honor Israel Sunday, and that will speak volumes to the Jewish community in your area, and uh, that will be a blessing. If you need more information about that, contact us here at IBJM, and I'll be glad to share with you how you can get one of those started.
0: Well, I love that idea of honoring the Jewish people from your own local church. That seems not only biblical, but just the right thing to do that we could begin in our own communities to do something to support and to show God's love to the Jewish people right where we live. And Aaron, we'd like to end our programs with a word of encouragement. We have many listeners who consider themselves watchmen. They are watching and witnessing during some difficult times and in some difficult places. How would you encourage those who are longing for Christ's coming in these last days?
2: Well, I think uh, we are called not just to sit in a pew of a local church. We are called to do something, to be active. We're in the body of Christ. and uh, But the thing is, when we talk about Israel and Bible prophecy, such as we have today, that obviously we are not looking for the Antichrist. We believe that there will be one, obviously, but we're really looking for Jesus Christ. And so like having our heart set on that, I think also just living by faith. You know, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm reminded of Hebrews 11:6 about without faith it is impossible to please him, but he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And there you have a believer in him meaning that's theology, that's a study of God, knowing who God is, and then a rewarder, that's eschatology. That's talking about how God will reward those who anticipate his coming. We know that the early Christians, the Apostle Paul, they were anticipating the Lord's coming in their own time, and I don't think it should be any different for us. Our job is simply to be faithful until he returns.
0: Well, Joe, we've talked about this before, but for the believer, Bible prophecy is an encouragement. I think of 1 Thessalonians 4.18 This says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. And as you hear what Aaron's sharing today, how do you feel in terms of our thoughts regarding the Jewish people and as we long for the return of Christ?
3: I love that you put it that way because it's about hope. The events that are described in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel, all of the places that we talk about that we talk about wars rumors of wars destructions people talk about the natural events and occurrences and earthquakes and famines all kinds of it that all sounds destructive damaging horrible but in the end the book of revelation begins with the fact that this is the revelation of jesus christ it is a story of redemption the end of the bible pairs with the beginning of the bible where god created mankind to fellowship with him we will be back there one day and we're excited that the book of revelation teaches that we will one day spend eternity in heaven with god and that fellowship will be restored so we're excited about that it's a message of hope
0: Yes, and in a very practical way, Aaron, as we end our time together, I want to ask you if you would take a moment to share a prayer for the Jewish people and also to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's been in the news a lot lately, violence across Israel. You have uh, ongoing headlines that talk about upheaval in the Middle East. Let's just take a moment and pray for those who are in Israel and for the Jewish people.
2: Yes, i to be happy to. Our Father in heaven, Avina Be'er we come to you this day, and we pray specifically for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray that hearts would be changed, both Jew and Gentile, Jew and Arab that are there. Lord, we pray that even in the midst of different rocket attacks and other uh, bad news that we hear, Lord, that you will turn this into good news. And that ultimately, we would see, as you have said, that all Israel will be saved. We pray to that end. We pray for this ministry and also the listeners that are here today, that you would strike within their hearts today a heart and a passion for you and also for Israel and for the Jewish people. Lord, we praise your matchless name. And we ask this, Yeshua In the name of Jesus, the Messiah. Amen.
0: Amen. And again, we've been talking with Aaron and He's with the International Board of Jewish Missions. You can find out more at ibjm.org. That's ibjm.org. And find out more about the Everlasting Nation Museum. I encourage you to check it out if you're ever in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. And Aaron, thank you for being with us here on A View from the Wall today.
2: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: And again, we want to encourage you to check out Iamawatchman.com and subscribe to our email for all the latest information. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or our podcast on SoundCloud. We look forward to joining with you next time on A View from the Wall. A View
1: from the Wall, in association with I Am A Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip Watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit Iamawatchman.com. A view from the wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am a Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at Iamawatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.